Welcome to the Book Nook. Please come in and make yourself at home. If you're new to the Book Nook, welcome. It is such a pleasure and honor to have you stop by for a visit. If you're not aware of what the Book Nook is, it is a monthly bonus show that is a branch of the Faith and More podcast, which is part of Faith and More Ministries. And I'm your host, Reverend Angel Wise. I will be sharing things with you in the Book Nook that we just don't get the time to do on the Faith and More podcast. We share and discuss things like homeopathy, aromatherapy, music, binaural beats, books, and so much more. We also have Secret Time, where we share secrets about upcoming episodes, topics, and information that those who don't listen to the Book Nook won't get. So please make yourself at home, get comfortable, get your favorite beverage, curl up in your favorite chair or couch, and blanket and enjoy. Before I begin each show, I like to give a disclaimer just so there are no shocks or jump scares during the show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are solely, and I do mean that literally, mine, the host, and our guest. Any and all content provided are of our opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. We always recommend that you further investigate, contemplate, and meditate on everything that is shared. ISEs, individual soul experiences, will vary. Warning, there will be triggers. Listening discretion is advised. Well, with all that out of the way, let's get started on the book nook, the last book nook, I might add, that is for season six and also for the year. Yeah, (laughs) no O's. It means absolutely nothing. Why? Because next month, January, we'll have another book nook. Next week will be another uh, Faith and More podcast. Next Sunday, it's just, it's nonstop. Those of you who are longtime listeners know the drill by now. But I'm so beyond elated and happy to be here with all of you. And I hope you all are happy to be here as well. Last w- month, I was going to say last week's book nook, I wish, huh? Well, I bother you guys enough. Last month's book nook for November was actually the highest listened to, or I should say most listened to, book nook in the history of our show, which is really interesting. I don't know what it was about that show that intrigued you all or uh, intrigued you to share it with others to have them to listen to it, but I'm so happy it resonated with as many as it did and that you all really found it uh, fascinating, interesting, helpful, all the above. I don't know, question mark. But I so hope and pray that you all continue to listen to the book notes. We really don't get normally, I should say, or usually we don't get that many listens for the book notes, but lately it's been picking up and I so pray that it continues and that you all continue to enjoy them. If you ever have any suggestions, for the book nook, please, please, please don't hesitate to contact me and, and share my contact information at the end of the show at the end of every show. So before we jump, jive, and boogie into this book nook, the December book nook, um, I had a few questions about what I call angelisms, which is, <laughs> no, it's not a cult or a new religion. It's uh, certain terms that I use, such as Maha Incredamazing, and instead of saying, well, I'll just go ahead and say Al McGinnis. I say it, that quite a bit. Well, 
the explanation behind, we'll just start with Maha and Great Amazing. Maha is an Eastern term for beyond great, beyond huge, like the biggest possible. And Incredible means for incredible. Amazing is short for amazing. So when I say something is Maha Incredible Amazing, it is like beyond, beyond, the beyond of great, beyond incredible, and beyond amazing. So it's just my way of saying Maha Incredible Amazing, or I should say of, of expanding on something that is really beyond words. So feel free to use it. It's a term I created, so you're more than welcome to, to have at it. And next one. Al McGinnis. Al McGinnis is an old time, well, I shouldn't say old time. Well, he's in my generation, so I guess it'd be old time. An old time hockey player. He, I think he last played for the St. Louis Blues. And he was known during his time as having the hardest slap shot in history. Good old Al's slap shot could go as fast as 100 point four miles an hour. Now, could you only imagine being a goalie and having to take that puck, that hard frozen rubber, because they do freeze the pucks before the game, that frozen puck, which is like a rock coming at you at over 100 miles an hour. So anyway, I started using the term back in my earlier years, uh, I would say in my early 20s. Um, this, instead of saying, oh my goodness, I would say Al McGinnis. And my son's jumped on this as well. And over the years since he was little, we always said this. Instead of, oh, my goodness, we'd say Al McGinnis. And we always envision every time we say this that Al McGinnis is ripping his slap shot through whatever we're referring to as, oh, my goodness. So if we're watching a show, we're like, oh, my goodness, we say Al McGinnis. We picture Al just ripping a slap shot right through the set of the show. <laughs> it's a personal, goofy thing that we do. So... Anyway, just some explaining to do on the angelisms that is my vocabulary. So speaking of Al McGinnis and Maha Incredible Amazing, what did you all think of that show with Hero? That was just, I'm still buzzing from that show. That is just, I yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's Al McGinnis and Maha Incredible Amazing and more. If you are kind of... Uh, taken back about what I'm saying here and don't know what we're talking about. Oh my, oh my, you've got to go back and listen to episode 18 of this season. Just a few weeks ago, we did uh, an interview with, in my personal opinion, the one of the most incredible shamans, medicine people of our times. And he's a young man, but my <laughs> Al McGinnis, his, his wisdom is just literally um, Maha and amazing. There, I said it. Um, so if you have yet to listen to that or watch it, because there's actually video, yes, a video of that as well. It's on our YouTube channel, and it's also on Spotify. You can watch or listen to it. I highly, beyond highly recommend it to everyone and anyone, no matter what your faith is or isn't, that show and his wisdom will resonate with you. Guaranteed. So everybody seems to be digging the crystals segment of the book nook, which we started a few months back. And thank you all for the feedback on that. And we'll definitely keep the crystals going. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that now. We'll be talking about what crystal? Labradorite. It's L-A-B-R-A-D-O-R-I-T-E. 
And the meaning of Labradorite is revered for its mystical properties, often associated with self-discovery, intuition, and the awakening of one's inner spirit. Something we've been talking a lot about on the show and always will. Healing properties. The crystal is believed to have healing energies that can alleviate anxiety, depression, and potentially boost the immune system. It's also used for protection. Labradorite is said to provide a shield against negative energies and misfortunes, promoting a safe and grounded existence. Its usage, it can be used in meditation or worn as jewelry to enhance self-awareness, psychic abilities, and to navigate through life's changes and challenges. Care to maintain its luster and energetic properties is advisable to cleanse and recharge Labradorite regularly, either by smudging or placing it under moonlight. Also, you can um, cleanse and recharge your crystals with a um, saltwater bath, you know, taking some sea salt, mixing it with water, and letting them soak. So some more information on Labradorite is it's also known as the Stone of Mysticism for Creativity and Consciousness, links to the Inuit fables and shamanic practice found in Canada, Finland, and Russia. Linked to glimmering gold and green lights of the Aurora Borealis, the Labradorite stone is as mystical as its iridescent changing colors suggest. Born from the storms of the northern lights and found in Canada's Labrador region, thus the name, the healing properties of this healing crystal are all about tapping into your own wonderful well of creativity and connecting with higher consciousness. A bounty of blues, greens, fiery golds, and smoky schemes can be found shimmering on the surface of Labradorite. It's a reminder that the greatest healing stones are often connected with all the elements, the ground beneath your feet, the surging ocean, and outstretched to the sky and stars above. Labradorite has a long and sprawling history, and thanks to its rich, rich excuse me, shamanic vibes, its stories are linked with tales from the Inuit people. The legend says that once upon a time, an Inuit warrior saw that the Aurora and had become trapped in a piece of stone. He took a spear and struck the rock to help set the light free. Moravian missionaries traveled to this remote Canadian wilderness back in the 18th century and became so enchanted with the mystical stones that they carried them back to Europe. A little further discovery shows that it's not only Canada that cleaves Labrador, yeah, Labrador from the earth, but also the winter winds of Finland and the former Tsar kingdoms of Russia. In Finland, they named this stone Spectrolite, as it seemed to capture every shade in the whole spectrum of existence. Whatever the name of the stone has a long been synonymous with the ideas of art and magic. It's for those who want to embrace the mysteries of the universe, all while making sense of their own space. Let's delve a little deeper into the true desires of Labradorite. Labradorite healing properties. Just like the northern lights that illuminate the winter skies of the hard north, Labradorite doesn't shy away from beauty, grace, mysticism, and great healing powers. While sometimes... The world can strip us of our much-needed energy and precious resources. 
Labradorite teaches us to bring life-giving energy to all areas of our souls, from the body to the mind, and those deep, hard-to-reach corners which keep us all in balance. It's a stone that shows the way to self-soothing, artistic ambition, cosmic energy, and enhancing our own mental clarity. Take a look at all the ways in which Labradorite is considered to be the stone of transformation. Physical healing properties. It's good for respiratory system, helps with healthy digestion, clears anxiety. Labradorite may be considered a stone filled to the brim with mystical energy, but it's also a great stone for grounding in, in excuse me, when it comes to physical healing. One of the places where Labradorite shines as a healing crystal is when it comes to the respiratory system. From blood circulation to breathing and the power behind your lungs, this stone is all about encouraging complete health and well-being, inviting you to take a deep breath comfortably as you say yes to the universe. Anyone suffering from bronchitis and other respiratory issues may find the healing hands of Labradorite helpful in the journey of wellness. Labradorite may pay special attention to the lungs, but it doesn't stop there. It also helps with healthy digestion, regulation, and keeps your metabolism working well. For those who suffer from symptoms of PMS and painful periods, this gentle stone can also aid in keeping pain and tension on the down low. It also helps to heal rheumatism and gets rid of the problems caused by gout. In fact, any kind of tension and anxiety can be swept away by lush properties of Labradorite. It's a stone that is known to stimulate mental clarity, helping you to chase away the fog and stay level and concise in your own mind. Exactly the formula you need to make amazing decisions. Mental and emotional healing properties of Labradorite, it helps ignite the imagination. It calms and clams the monkey mind, stabilizes moods. The stone of transformation, the stone of courage. If those two things call to you, then Labradorite may be the healing stone you've been waiting for. Far from just a pretty face, Labradorite, with its light shot color schemes, seems to whisper powerful healing. Mentally, Labradorite is the stone you want on your side. First and foremost, it calms the monkey mind and stops your thoughts from swinging from branch to branch. That's not to say that Labradorite squashes or quashes the mind. In fact, it does the opposite. If you feel stuck in a rut or crave a kickstart in your imagination, the iridescent cosmic swirls of Labradorite are sure to get your artistic energy surging. How does it do that? In a million and one ways, but one of the stone's strongest skills is helping to restore energy after a drain. It can be easy to feel bogged down by the routines of everyday life, other people's dramas, and uncertainty about self and the future. Labradorite clears out all that junk, revitalizing the spirit with a bright burst of energy and keeps you ticking rather than being weighed down by events of the world and personal responsibilities. If you ever needed a hint of motivation to rise to the challenge, Labradorite is ever ready to be your personal mascot. Those who do struggle with depression can find that Labradorite doesn't shy away from mopping up bad moods. 
It's a great stabilizing stone thanks to its commitment to keep you connected with the world beneath your feet. Great for grounding. No matter how high it invites your imagination to reach, taking its cue from the milky moonlight and swirl of stars, it's all about providing patterns and paths of illumination. If you have deeply stashed memories that need to be brought to light to help you distinguish lessons needed, Labradorite won't shy away from letting you know. This doesn't mean that it overwhelms you by trying to dig up all that should stay buried, but that its intuitive strength and power can be relied on to bring out the best in you when you are fully, wholeheartedly ready and raring to go. Metaphysical properties. It's connected to the throat chakra, connected to the third eye chakra. So connected to the throat chakra, the tool of communication, the third eye chakra, that which connects us to spiritual world. Labradorite toes that line between what we need here on earth and what can help us leap higher. The throat, excuse me, throat chakra helps us to speak our truth and stay rooted in authenticity. It reminds us of the power of using our voices, of communicating our needs with clarity and empowering ourselves in the world. When we have a throat chakra that is blocked, we may struggle to feel heard or understood. Our relationships with others can become strained and we lack the confidence to say what needs to be heard for our own good. The third eye chakra aligns us to our higher purpose and helps us to see deeper, both externally and internally. When we tap into that chakra, we are able to move through the world more consciously and to let go of old ideas that don't support us anymore in favor of taking new and exciting paths that are more aligned with our true infinite purpose. This is why Labradorite is always associated with shamanism, mysticism, and magic. It's long been a tool that healers have turned to, and many are drawn to its heavenly aura and ability to tap into those different states of consciousness. Psychic powers have also been attributed to Labradorite gemstones. So that's an article from a website called tinyrituals.co. And I, of course, I will have a link to that in the show notes and description. Um, so some of you might be like, single big bean, what does that mean? How, how is this, this stone able to do all that? It's just a rock, right? Well, as we learned about in, um, well, really, in the past couple seasons and was really driven home by Hero, and I'm going to reference his show quite a bit. I always will from here on, um, as he referenced that there is spirit in everything. There's spirit in a rock. In the, this stone, this gem, this whatever you want to label it, was created by the creator, is sustained by the creator, just like us. Okay, so there is... You know, indigenous people and shamans alike believe very deeply that there is spirit in everything. Uh, there's spirit in stones, there's spirits in gemstones. So you can, you know, pick up a gemstone and, and feel it. Just hold it in your hand and close your eyes. Take, you know, the four deep cleansing breaths and just feel, feel with your heart. If it's calling out to you, then that spirit in that stone is calling to you. Um, in my shamanic studies, I recently learned about what are called spirit wakas. And these are spirits, as we're talking about right now, that are that they can reside in all kinds of things. Um, or they can just be 
uh, balls of light, you know, orbs that people see all the time, which a lot of times it's dust, but there are actual orbs and there's ways to tell, which maybe we'll get into in a future book, no, but not in this one. But anyway, um, yeah, everything has spirit. So, you know, if you connect with something like this, it, it can really do things for you if you believe in it. And believing in it is not turning away from your religion. It's not heretical. It's not turning away from your faith. It's not, um, you know, turning away from God or anything like that. It's not a sin. If anything, it's your awakening. You're awakening to what the creator is and what the creator has given us to use as tools. And that's exactly what Labradorite is. It's one of many tools. And that's what crystals are all about there are tools that you can use to enhance your spirit, enhance your health, enhance your humanness, which we can all use, right? I'm raising my hand. And Labradorite comes in all kinds of shapes, sizes, excuse me, and colors. Um, the, the one that's the most popular is the iridescent uh, that has like all the different colors and it shimmers and shines. Um, I personally prefer the grayer ones. They're, they're almost like a gray stone. With, you can see like little veins of iridescence here and there in it, but it's not enough to, I mean, you really have to look for it. It's not something that catches your eye and like, oh, you know. For those who love the pretty shiny things, that's great. But for me, um, I like to focus more on the energy, the spirit of the stone. And to me, the grayish Labradorite is works for me. Uh, I was recently able to find an amazing seller on Etsy uh, that resides in Florida that gets these, goes out into the wild and, you know, harvests and picks these Labradorite stones and cleans them up and shines them up uh, in a responsible um, eco way and sells them. For reasonable prices on Etsy. If you're interested, please message me, send me an email. Again, my information is at the end of the show, at the end of every show. I'll be more than happy to connect you with that seller. Um, so I recently, you know, they had a 50% off sale. So I purchased three, uh, one for uh, my wife, Haven, one for our son, Talon, and then one for myself. And um, another property that is not mentioned here in um, this article about Labradorite is it's also good for soul fracturing. So there's times when we just don't feel right. There's times when we feel broken or scattered. Um, in, you know, shaman uh, beliefs and, and, and mystical beliefs, it's believed that, you know, your soul has fractured, that there's pieces missing. Perhaps you were helping someone and you gave a bit of yourself to that person. Um, this is all about bringing back your spirit and making it whole again, bringing back those pieces. Now, when you do that, it's not harming the person that you inadvertently or intentionally gave the pieces to. It's actually helping. They continue to keep the vibes and the energy from that but it's just bringing you back and making you whole once again. And Labradorite is amazing for that, amazing for if you're feeling, as it said, for anxiety, depression, uh, respiratory issues, if you're having respiratory issues, um, either acute or chronic or just occasional, it's good for that. Now, 
I'm not a doctor, so don't take it that way and don't stop taking medications and believing that the Labradorite will do what the medication is doing. Again, back to the beginning, to the um, ISE, to the disclaimer. Look into this all on your own, and then you come to the conclusion, what you feel or what you believe, okay? So that's our crystal segment for this month. I hope you all enjoyed it. If there's some that, uh, crystals or stones or things of that nature that you would like me to uh, talk about on the book note, please let me know. Again, contact information at the end of the show, end of every show. So what's next? When I say what's next, what's next? How about a little holiday boo? For those of you who didn't get enough Halloween, I can never get enough Halloween. <laughs> so how about a little holiday boo? We've talked about how as fresh newborn little spirits or souls in a fleshy outer coating, <laughs> uh, we are programmed. We are conditioned, um, sometimes unintentionally and a lot of times very intentionally. Um, you know, there's a lot of subliminal stuff that's been pumped into us from birth. And again, no offense or anything to our parents or grandparents or ancestors or relatives because they were put through it to extents as well. And sometimes, sometimes the subliminal message is so candy coated and sugar wrapped that we don't quite taste the bitterness of it or, uh, or see the subliminal message that it could. Now, I'm sure today's children, especially those who are autistic or on, on the autistic spectrum, could definitely pick up on the subliminal messages of this song. It is a Christmas song written by one of the greatest in history, Singing Cowboys, Gene Autry. Now, just a little, well, I'll give you some background on Gene after we roll this. But this song is a Christmas song, classic Christmas song that you all know. As soon as you start hearing the words, you'll know exactly what song it is. But old Gene wrapped it up in a nice little candy bow with a little horse trot uh, um, tempo to it. And, you know, very upbeat, very lively and happy. But the actual lyrics... If you take them out of that context, the, the true meaning of these lyrics are very clear. And I put together a little something here. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing already. I put together a little something here to help us uh, see and feel what the meaning is behind how dark, really dark, the lyrics of this song, Christmas song actually are. So, have a listen. And now, a public service announcement. Boys and girls of all ages, gather around and listen up. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. 
He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've never heard it quite like that. So, yeah, do you feel the difference without it having the bubblegum, horse trot tempo, sugary, sappy, happy, happy music behind it? It is very dark and very ominous. Now, how do you think Gene came up with this? Well, Gene was a very hardcore, devout Christian. Gene thoroughly believed in legalism. And for those of you that don't know what legalism is, it's part of Christian theology, also known as nominism or nomism. And it's a term applied to the idea that by doing good works or by obeying the law, a person earns and merits salvation. So you can... If you take Santa and you put God or Jesus in place of that, it flows right in to his theology, his beliefs, doesn't it? Now, I'm not knocking it at all. I mean, like I said, it's a classic Christmas song. It's been around forever and a day. Um, but we really have to be careful what we are indoctrinating our children and our grandchildren and, and uh, friends and family with. I mean, now that we know, we didn't know before, but now any of you listening can't say you didn't, you don't know now. You can say like I did, I didn't know before, but we definitely know now. You've got to be careful because as I said, you know, autistic children especially are very bright. They can see through a lot of stuff quickly. They're sharp as tacks and razors. Um, and the last thing you would ever want to do is to traumatize a child. Um, and that's what legalism does. Those most, if not all, people that have been or suffer from church hurt is due to legalism. And all the things that were imposed on them. You know, they were told that if you don't do this, if you don't do what the church tells you, if you don't do what the priest tells you, if you don't do what the bishop tells you, if you don't do what the pope tells you, if you don't do what the pastor tells you, you're going to hell. And as I've shared in my story before with the Church of Christ that I went to, once upon a time, um, it went even as far as the pastor saying that if you don't go to that church, that church, and it was a very small church, you're going to hell. So all of the other people in the world that don't go to that church, he firmly believed we're going to hell. So again, I just wanted to share that because I thought and felt it is a great example of what we've been talking about for so many seasons about how we are subliminally programmed and conditioned. Our parents don't know. Grandparents don't know. And, and then we pass that on. 
So it's up to us to awaken, to educate ourselves and to stop passing the buck, so to speak. Stop passing that just vile garbage. And you know what? The Christmas songs, there's Christmas songs aplenty. Old classics, new ones as well. You have a plethora to choose from to share with children and grandchildren. Happy ones that mean really good things. This to me is not, it's, it's a very threatening song. It's like, again, legalism. You do this or this is going to happen. He's watching you. He's watching you sleep. You know, how freaked out you think a child could get over that? I mean, of course, when I was a kid, I was so stupid. I didn't even pay attention. And I'm like that, I must say today, is I, I tend to listen to the music and focus on that because I am a musician more so than the lyrics. Um, it's only recently I've started paying attention to any lyrics because I'm trying to um, work on my vocals, on my singing. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what it is. But anyway, so that's that. So what's next? How about a little story time? Now, this is something I've been thinking about and wanting to do on our book nooks. And I thought, well, we'll start it in season seven, which is going to be the next book. It's going to be January. But then I was thinking, no, 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 no. Let's let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's let's give it a test drive. And you all let me know what you think. Um, you know, back way before Internet and cell phones and smartphones and tablets and computers and TVs even. There was a thing called a radio. I know some of us still have them in our cars, but rarely do we listen to them um, just straight through without satellite radio. But, um, you know, it was a thing for families to gather around the radio. I know my grandfather used to love his radio and huddle around it in his rocking chair and just rock and listen to the shows. And, and families would gather around the radio for entertainment, for stories. And, you know, there was all kinds of awesome radio shows, you know, um, the Green Hornet. There was the Shadow, uh, the Lone Rangers, um, you know, Fibber McGee and Molly, the Great Gildersleeve. Um, there was just so many great shows uh, that told stories and, you know, kept people's imaginations very vibrant. Whereas today our imaginations are very dulled down because we just put something on and it just, you know, envelops us. It just programs us. It just conditions us. It just throws images and sounds and everything at us that, you know, there's nothing there for the imagination, unlike the radio, which, you know, you would have to actually use your imagination to envision or visualize these things going on. Well, before the radio, this goes all the way back to ancient ancestors that would gather around the fire and they would tell stories. So I would like to begin doing that in this episode. So let's do a little story time. Before we do, let's head out back to the fire pit behind the book nook. Yeah, just here, imagination. Follow me. So here, follow me. We'll go out back. Okay, so everybody just... Find a nice, comfortable place to sit. There's plenty of seating here around the fire. 
And let's share a story, okay? No, this this is not going to be a scary story. No, I already did that before. I wouldn't do that to you again. So, once upon a time, there was a carrot, and there was an egg, and a tea leaf. And they were sitting on a counter and watching a person prepare a pot of water and putting it on a fire and causing it to come to a boil. And each one of them knew that they would be put into the boiling water once it was ready. And the carrot said, well, I'm not afraid. I'm strong and can endure whatever challenge I face. And the egg said, well, I'm soft and gushy in the middle, gushy <laughs> in the middle, but I have a hard protective shell around me. So I am not afraid of this challenge. I will be fine. And the tea leaf said, well, I'm quite flexible. So I believe that I won't have a problem with this challenge. So all three were placed into the pot that was really boiling, you know, at this time. So what happened to the carrot? The carrot softened. And if it's overboiled, it can start to fall apart. It didn't survive the challenge. And what about the egg? The egg became so um, swollen in the middle because its fluids became solid that it cracked the egg open, and that was the end of the egg. But what about the tea leaf? The tea leaf not only survived, but it also changed the entire contents of the pot. All of the water turned to tea from the tea leaf. So the tea leaf survived the challenge. So what is the takeaway from this little bit of a wisdom story. We all face challenges constantly. Every moment of every day is a challenge. It's how we are that will figure out if how we're going to survive this challenge or not. It's important for us to not only be flexible, like the tea leaf, but also to be able to change what we feel is a challenge into something of a blessing. And I know that's easier said than done, but it is most definitely something that we all can do. Again, finding that balance between spirit and humanity, where we're working together, where spirit is working with our humanness and our humanness is working with spirit, they're co in cohabitation. There's a, a, a unison there. There's an awesome relationship there, a very flexible and strong relationship that no matter what the situation, we can see the light in it. We can see the creator in it because that's what challenges are. Challenges come from the creator to bring about change that the creator wants us to experience. So again, being flexible, but not just being flexible, but being able to turn that, to weave that, to um, soak into that, the very fabric of what this challenge is 
and to make it something that is so blessed, not just for us, but for everyone involved, whether that be a family crisis um, or just literally anything, you know, something at work that you're going through with your team um, and everybody's dreading it and hating it, um, seeing it for as a challenge and seeing it for how you can take charge of this challenge, see it in a different way, through a different lens, through your heart, through love, through a way of growth, through something, I see it as something positive. And not only see it and perceive it that way with you, but also be able to share that with your colleagues, with your family, and to help them. And in doing that, we end up helping future generations because people will remember that and they will pass that on to friends, family, children, grandchildren. And you want to talk about a legacy. That's a great legacy for you is to do something like this and, and you know, be able to adapt and change a certain challenge or certain thing in such a way that it just so influences everyone around you. And it changes them for the better. It changes their life. Okay, so let's go back inside now. I could stay out here forever, couldn't you? Okay, I hope you all enjoyed that. And again, it's something we're going to start doing every book nook. Yes, I thought about waiting until next book nook, but I... I did want to wait. I wanted to share it with you all now. So again, if you can think of any wisdom-filled stories, um, please share them with me, and I'll be sure to share them with everybody and give you full credit for it. So again, my contact information at the end of the show, at the end of every show. So I, again, speaking of the show, I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed the show. I so hope and pray uh, you all have enjoyed the season. Uh, we've got season seven coming up. We've got what? One more show for this season. Again, there's nothing to be upset about if you're just tuning in for the first time. Um, it means absolutely nothing other than uh, human numbering systems. That's all it is. Uh, to spirit, it means absolutely nothing because the show rolls on. Uh, we've not taken a, a break in over two and a half years. And I don't plan on taking a break anytime soon. So you can guarantee that once a month you're going to get a book nook on a Wednesday and every Sunday you're going to get a new show. So, you know, that's something Spirit and I are working very hard on. Season seven is, there's no need for secret time, but season seven is going to be awesome. Um, as every season is. Every season just, you know, um, builds off of each other, off of the last season. And it will continue on to grow and evolve. And, you know, our show is is very alive. And I, I hope you feel that with me, that it's always breathing. It's always growing and evolving. Um, season seven, I would love to interview some more people. Um, so if you know of anyone that um, I can interview, please, again, contact me. Let me know. Um, if it's you, I would love to interview you if you have something to share on the show you know, get with me. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it and, uh, you know, have you on the show and we can do an interview. Um, if you want to set up an interview, you know, set me up to talk to somebody that you know, um, 
please contact me. Let me know who the person is and give me some background. And, and definitely we'll, we'll, we'll do some shows. I would love to do more interviews. I would love to get more uh, people on the show and give you guys more um, of a kaleidoscope of, of stuff. So anyway, folks, I am going to wrap things up here. Saying thanks, blessings, and love to Denise M. for being our first and only Patreon supporter right now. And again, folks, you can become a Patreon member for as little as $5 a month. And I'm not whining or walking around with my, my alms bowl asking for handouts. But if this show means $5 or more a month to you, um, please feel free to pass it on because it will be the gift that keeps giving. You know, by helping the show, you are helping everybody listening as well. Um, in so many ways, shapes, and forms. So this is where I'll pause here for now, folks. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. Know that each and every one of you are my thoughts and prayers. I love every one of you so very, very much. And I cannot ever thank you all enough for just listening to the show. And if, speaking of, if you like the show, share it. Share it with as many people as you can because we don't have sponsors. Um, so please help us get the show out to more people. And by doing that, you're helping the people and you're helping the show. So everyone, again, happy holidays to all of you. Um, happy New Year to you if you're celebrating the Western New Year because Eastern New Year is different uh, at a different time in the beginning of the year. So enjoy everybody and I'll see you again this Sunday for episode 20 season finale of the show and we'll see you all again next month for the next book nook book nook of the new year I so hope and pray you've enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for and more here with us. Stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with as many people as possible. Subscribe, rate, and review. And if you really enjoyed the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through Patreon at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray and our faith and more family love to pray as well so let us pray for you you can email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com i am also offering healing sessions now that involve angelic intuitive and quantum healing this is done via phone or zoom Due to the scope, energy, and time involved in this type of healing, there is a minimum donation required. Please contact me for more information at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget about our YouTube channel. There's lots of great videos there, and it gives you more of an immersive experience. Just go to youtube.com slash at faithandmorepodcast. So until next time, have a most blessed week, and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.